From VT Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, federal COVID relief funding has helped the state avoid a major budget crunch. In fact, it's allowed Governor Phil Scott to propose a spending plan that puts about $210 million towards one-time investments. Now, key lawmakers are wondering whether the governor's plan is too thrifty, considering there's likely even more federal money on the way. VT Diggers Xander Landon and Kit Norton covered the budget rollout this week. Kit, Xander, thanks for jumping on. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Xander, you and I talked last fall sort of towards the end of the COVID special budget session, and it sounded like at the time the idea was that they were holding steady on the budget, but that the crunch was going to come this year. Now it's seeming like that crunch just never came. What happened? It's it's interesting because even uh, early this month, the Scott administration was thinking that the budget for next year, to make that budget whole, they would have to fill a $75 million gap from lost tax revenue as a result of the pandemic, because the pandemic has obviously squeezed the economy. You have businesses that have shut down, you have businesses operating in a limited function. The thinking uh, has been and continues to be to some extent that the pandemic and the economic downturn is going to lead to a lot less tax revenue coming in to states all over the US. But what economists said recently, state economists informing state officials, is that the federal money that's come to the state since last March to help aid Vermont's response to COVID, money that has expanded unemployment benefits, money that has gone directly to consumers in their bank accounts through that stimulus payment, money that has gone, you know, been funneled through the state to support businesses that are ailing, all that money, which amounts to, I think, about $5 billion worth of spending from the feds, has helped fill the coffers in a way that economists weren't thinking it would as recently as, you know, this summer. In the first six months of this fiscal year, we have seen a, a steady progression of above target performance in a number of key and very large tax sources. Tom Cavett, who's the legislature's economist, broke this down to the governor and legislators at the emergency board meeting, which is the meeting where state officials set the state's revenue forecasts. What we're seeing is the impact of a phenomenal amount of federal uh, deficit spending to offset the pandemic levels of spending that have never uh, uh, in the history of this nation uh, uh, been put into effect. He, he highlighted that this is an unprecedented amount of federal aid that has been showered upon the state. Just to put it in, in a frame of reference, uh, the state has received in 2020 about 20% of its entire gross domestic product in federal stimulus payments. Um, that's just a staggering uh, impact. There's some regional models when we tried to play this out where it blows up the model because it, it never anticipates something like that happening. And we're actually projected to end the year next year with more money in the state's bank account, so to speak, than um, economists had thought we would before the pandemic even started. Wow. What does the administration plan to do with all that money? 
So you know, the, the Scott administration, before the governor gave his speech about what he was planning to do, you know, it was all about how this just over 200 million, about $210 million was the crux of the budget. And that the way it was going to work was that they could use this one-time money to go into programs which they think are, are worth shoring up here. The governor is focused on making strategic investments into um, people, into our localities, into our economy, into our recreation systems, um, into broadband, and into um, uh, government modernization with that one-time um, extra money that we bind ourselves with this year. Because Suzanne Young, in fact, one of um, the top members of the, of the Scott cabinet, explained how really this this budget sets up the state very well for a delay or if, if no federal money comes at all, even though it's likely that will happen. She said that th this budget, it, it sets up the state in very good footing to go forward. When those stimulus dollars disappear, um, you know, the fear is we're, we're, we're not going to be in the same place as we were without those. Um, so our goal is to you know, keep that momentum going with these key investments with the one-time money. Adam Gresham, who's really the, the top money man for the governor, <laughs> you know, the way he explained it was um, a, bit, a bit, he said, I think, quote, bipolar in terms of how this budget works in terms of one, using state funds, however, also with a bit of an eye to, to the federal side. This budget is bipolar. You know, on the one hand, we have the rocket fuel from the federal government that we've uh, poured into the new initiatives we'll uh, hear about today. And on the other hand, we have the uh, 87 octane that we uh, put in our base to uh, keep us on the road. Uh, so there, there are, we're always mindful of the funding streams that we have, uh, the longevity of those funding streams. Uh, and uh, as the secretary said earlier, we uh, have really benefited uh, enormously from uh, federal support. And uh, that has uh, provided us the ability to invest in uh, many new initiatives that we hope will uh, stand us in good stead uh, over the long term and, and uh, save us uh, operating expense and also provide better services. So, so what we see here is, is Gresham is really also giving full credit to that federal stimulus that came in um, again last spring, and how that was able to propel the state forward and really set it up in a very very good way in terms of state funds moving into fiscal year 2022. Got it. It is now my distinct honor to present to you the governor of the state of Vermont. The Honorable Philip B. Scott. Xander, what details did we learn when the governor actually stepped up and delivered uh, the speech and kind of presented this approach to the public? What did we hear? Yeah, so I mean, you know, the governor made it clear that this was an opportunity to make big investments in the state, investments that will help address immediate and long-term issues that the state is facing. This pandemic has tested all of us. It's created new, immediate challenges that we never thought we'd face. It's exposed and deepened older problems we've grappled with for decades. And it's presented us with a rare opportunity, giving us more of the resources we need to make meaningful progress on both. It's interesting. 
lot of the stuff that's in the budget, broadband expansion, affordable housing, childcare, and you know, a bunch of these other issues. These are these are issues that have always been discussed. They're not new, but there's been a lot of talk about how all these problems the state faces, poor internet access, poor access to childcare, have been, you know, worsened during the pandemic. And so there's 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 an immediate need to address them. And both the governor and Democrats have been, you know, saying that during the pandemic. While our fiscal picture looks better than expected, we must recognize it's mostly due to billions of dollars of one-time federal stimulus money. Remember, this isn't ongoing revenue, meaning it won't be here next year. So we need to be smart about how it's spent. That's why we must invest in areas that grow our economy or lower costs for the future. Let's not fall into the trap of using it to create new programs we can't afford after the federal money is gone. When we come back, what key legislators are saying about what the state can and can't afford. Hi, I'm Ellie French. I'm a reporter with VT Dicker. I know we publish a lot of news every day, and it can be hard to keep up. So I produce a daily audio digest of four or five key stories that you can hear wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Vermont News and subscribe, and you'll hear a new roundup every weekday around 5 p.m. One more time, that's Vermont News, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're already a subscriber, thanks for listening. Xander. Obviously, the pandemic has, has changed so much about this session. But one of the other key things that's different here is that there's new leadership in both the House and the Senate. In the House, we've got the incoming speaker, Jill Kerwinski, and in the Senate, uh, we've got the new President Pro Tem, Becca Ballant. They've both been in the legislature for a while, but they're new in these positions. And I wonder how have they responded to the approach that the governor put forth here? I, you know, I think that in general, they're they're happy to hear that the governor's talking about things you know, that that they are interested in working on as well. As you know, I strongly believe that we have to work together with the administration to create a recovery plan that leaves no Vermonter behind. And that includes, you know, improving access to broadband, childcare, and affordable housing. I was happy to hear the governor highlight some of those initiatives and others that help um, people in, in all zip codes, funding for affordable housing, um, the money for broadband and for weatherization. There's definitely, you know, a lot of bipartisan messaging here uh, from both of the leaders saying, you know, we're glad to hear the governor talking about these things. I do think it is important, though, um, that we remember that we we have more federal stimulus money coming and that we need to stay flexible. That is another piece in this whole equation here. I think that both Democratic leaders are making very clear that the state budget that Governor Scott proposed is going to change dramatically in the coming months once we have a better idea about the stimulus money that the federal government is almost certainly going to send states in another round of COVID aid. The President Biden and and the democratically controlled Senate has made clear that they want to send more money to states to help them with the pandemic response. We're going to know a whole lot more over the next few weeks and months about what kind of additional funding is coming from uh, the Biden administration, from Mm -hmm. this, you know, new Congress. You know, Becca Ballant told me the other day 
that she views this budget as a point in time and basically as a document, a budget that's going to be changing and that the, the Democrats are going to have to change once we have more idea, a better idea about the money coming from the feds. And so I want to make sure that there's an understanding in Vermont that these are choices that he's making uh, you know, in his proposal based on what we know right now. But if we get additional investments or additional, you know, streams of funds, uh, we may, as a legislature, make different decisions about where money should be spent based on the new federal funding landscape. So, I mean, that would totally change the landscape if we suddenly got another, you know, $2 billion or $1.25 billion to play with. Right. When you say change change the money that's coming in, you mean we potentially have a lot more money coming to the state and they want to start kind of planning for that now. Yeah. And I think that they said that they wished that they had heard that from the governor, you know, him making clear that we're likely going to have to rethink a lot. You know, it's it's definitely not a bad problem. You know, we're get, we're likely going to have more money to use, but the governor didn't really talk about that at all in his speech. Right. He pitched these as major investments. And what you're saying is that the Democratic leaders here are saying we could think even bigger. We could have even more major investments on the way. Kit, what do you think? What we have here is this is the main contrasting point of view between the Scott administration and the Democratic leadership in in the legislature. On one hand, we have the Scott administration saying that they've decided to budget without an eye to federal funding because in, in months previously, you know, they were having to wait and see, oh, is federal money coming? Is it not? So they've decided to go ahead and make a state budget that does not look at or rely upon federal spending. And this is why, again, they're pushing for the use of this uh, $210 million in one-time funding. And then you have on the other side, you have Democratic leadership who uh, really in their, in their comments kind of signaled, yeah, this is fine when talking about the budget. But it doesn't really matter because we are expecting a large flow of federal money coming in, which we will then use. So this then, in, in the eyes of Democratic leadership, opens up other ways to spend this $210 million in state funding, which uh, has a lot more flexibility attached to it than federal funding, which might have stricter parameters around how this money can be used in relation to COVID-19. So you have these two separate ideas about how to look at the budget and how to look at COVID relief. On the Republican governor's side, you have, let's not worry about it. This is a good state budget. We're balancing the books. We got we got a surplus that we can use to shore up some programs. And then you have Democrats saying, that's fine, but we want that big money coming in. Do we have an idea yet of how they might plan to use that money differently? Like what of these sort of policy priorities they might think about differently from what the governor has laid out here? At this point, it's still, that's one of the things that will come uh, to light as the budget discussion gets underway in the state house and both the house and the senate it's very possible that they look at the 200 million dollars in state funding to look at shoring up uh, the state employees union pension issue which is an ongoing discussion right now it might also be for more money into child care there are things and, and top priorities for democrats which they may look at to use that or simply diversify what the governor used it for and change up little things here and there. For instance, there's already discussion about why there was money put all into weatherization and not into some electric vehicles uh, programs as well. So there are different ways that some of the Democrats and the, both chambers are looking about how to spend that money, which are different than the governor. But this is one of the things which we'll be keeping an eye on as the um, budget process gets underway in the state house. 
Got it. I, one thing that just kind of strikes me as, as somebody who hasn't been following this stuff as closely as you guys, it does feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect when you've got, in all these conversations about the budget, all this talk about windfalls and surpluses, when by certain economic indicators, the state is still having a really tough time and there's still tens of thousands of Vermonters out of work. What changes in the near term? You know, what is the immediate relief that your average Vermonter is going to see coming out of these conversations right now? I think it's important to realize that this budget is not a COVID relief package. Hmm. And and we shouldn't think about the two as the same. Now, for instance, the House Appropriations Chair, Mary Hooper, just on on Thursday said how you know, it's time to start working on that type of package. And that will be part of, again, the, the discussion around uh, the budget and where money will be going and where federal money will be going and, and what programs to shore up. However, it's that's more of a, a discussion around how the administration and the legislature are going to work in terms of deciding which relief programs they're going to they're going to get going and, and to fund. For instance, the legislature has already been working on, you know, shoring up the unemployment uh, issues in terms of making sure that that fund is still relatively healthy. There are discussions about more business grants, et cetera. So I think generally the budget proposal put forward by the governor should not be misconstrued as a full-on COVID-19 relief package because that that's not what that's not what it does. There are there are portions of it which will help Vermonters. However, yeah, I think to, to think about it in that way can can get some people into trouble. And I think you're right, Mike. You you, you said earlier that there's kind of a disconnect here between the budget that the governor proposed and the talk about a lot of money in the state's coffers. But at the same time, you know, you have, I think the latest count is 25,000 or so Vermonters who are out of work still. You have businesses that have gone under or are operating on a lifeline. And you're right. I mean, there is, you know, this, this weird, you know, I guess dichotomy, but I think the economists are sort of saying that, you know, it's, it's because of this sort of artificial boost that we've gotten from the federal government. If, if we didn't have that assistance, we would be looking at budget cuts. We'd be looking at potentially the rolling back of government services, benefits. Who knows that there would be a, there would have been a lot of really tough decisions that the governor would have had to come out with that would have been very unpopular. But luckily for state officials, they got this sort of unexpected windfall. And I think the hope is that by the time we have to propose a budget next year or the year after that, the economy will have righted itself and the pandemic will hopefully be over and we'll be on the path of normalcy. So the message for people is to hang in there and some of this windfall is going to help help you get back on track. Let's hope. Well, Xander, Kit, thanks for breaking this down. Course. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. You can find more coverage of the 2021 legislative session from Xander and Kit and our whole politics team at vtdigger.org. While you're there, sign up for Final Reading, our State House email newsletter. On every day of the session, Kit compiles a roundup of the latest news from the legislature. It's absolutely essential reading, and it's free. Head to vtdigger.org and sign up on any of our politics stories. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. See you then.